Wrapping up the day in cricket, this is ABC Grandstand at Stumps. Smith comes in, Cook gets a short ball, hits it for four. That is a hundred. What a hundred by Alistair Cook. And with some grace, he offers a salute to the crowd and then to him. Alistair Cook back in form. Day two finishes on a thrilling high from an English perspective and indeed for world cricket to see one of the batsmen of his generation complete the set of centuries on Australian soil. Alistair Cook made a century in Perth in 2006, in Brisbane in 2010, in Adelaide the same year, in Sydney in 2011, and with his career seemingly fading after making only 83 runs in six dicks, coming to the MCG, he makes a Melbourne century. Cook unbeaten on 104 with a late flurry, 11 from the final over to make it so. On grandstand at Stumps, Chris Rogers, we glory in Alistair Cook's achievement. Yeah, fantastic achievement to get a century in at every venue in Australia. That, that's, that's a wonderful achievement, but... To be under pressure, he's, he's copped a lot of criticism. Um, ex-players, ex-teammates, I, I guess, uh, have, have suggested that you know his time was nearly up. Uh, to show that kind of resilience, that that proves that you know he is a champion, um, and what an innings, uh, thoroughly deserved. Could he still do it? Did he have the pluck and the character and the fight after 150 completed tests coming to Melbourne, Dirk Nannis? I reckon everyone would would dip their hat to him tonight. No doubt. Uh, I think there was a lot of criticism around him and the body language that he was showing. He, but for me, he seemed still disappointed when he got out. He, uh, I, I think today he showed he was up for the fight. And, and what was pr- probably most notable for me is that only Dave Warner showed that it was easy to score. Alistair Cook came out and, and showed even better than Dave Warner how to go about playing uh, on this wicket. Uh, mind you, he did have a bit more pace to play with and that uh, probably made scoring a little easier but you know, he had to go out there and do it and hats off to him because that was a wonderful innings. 104 from 166 balls. Is, he did keep it clicking along. Yeah, he was busy. I mean, you, to, to get a high strike rate, you don't have to be hitting a, a lot of boundaries. You just have to score off a, a high percentage of balls and that's what he did. He, he managed to use the angles as Dirk said, this pitch would have been slightly better to bat on, I think, today, even though there were more wickets. But just in terms of being able to, to score, it, it, there was more pace in the, in the pitch. Um, but, and he used it to the, the best of his ability. And, and yeah, what, what, a, what a beautiful hundred and, and, and great to see it. And also Joe Root up the other end, who, who's had his own battles, um, had to come out that first, well, the second over after, after T, I, I think, when... Um, when uh, James Vince was, was dismissed his first ball after T. And, and so Australia were just on top there. They had the ascendancy, and then the two of them together, it's probably what England in, t- in particular have been wanting to see all series. Finally, we saw it. So the partnership is worth 112, and it is, as the framing of this series was while well, Warner and Smith needed to do their work for Australia, Cook and Root had to for England, and they weren't able to do it in the three live tests, but they have done it here at the MCG deck. And I think it's a welcome change. Oh, I really wanted to see even cricket a tight-fought contest, and we haven't seen that until now. The, it's always been the lesser likes, the Milans, the Bearstows, the Vince, and now it's nice to see the, the big boys back. So let's touch base with both camps, and we start with Australia. Josh Hazelwood has just had a moment or two down in the rooms after some pretty solid work and some decent heats. Uh, Josh, welcome. Thank you. Just give us your overall assessment. Two for 192. Australia's lead has been whittled down to 135. 
yeah, I think they're, they're probably a little bit on top, I guess you could say. Um, we're probably, you know, a little bit inconsistent bowling there. It's, a, it's obviously a very good wicket, um, but we've got to bowl a little bit straighter, a little bit more consistent and, and dry the scoreboard up and think and, and build pressure that way. Left a few runs out there, do you think, in the batting with a collapse of, yeah, what, 7 for 67? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we probably should have pushed on to 400-plus um, this morning, but, you know, we lost a few wickets um, early and that sort of set us back. So, yeah, we definitely left a few out there. You was, sorry. sorry, you don't always get it right. Was it complacency that, that led to, to those wickets? Just some of the shots looked perhaps, like, not suited to this wicket? Yeah, I think you could say that, definitely. Um, I guess, yeah, lazy as well is probably another way of, of saying it. Um, a few of the boys, so they know that and they, and they need to be better, um, especially in the second innings. But, yeah, definitely, it's it's definitely a 400-plus wicket, I think, first innings. And, and um, yeah, it doesn't show signs of breaking up just yet. Uh, what do you think Darren Lehman will be saying to the to the boys when you, you go back down there tonight? Yeah, he'd be a little bit disappointed, um, first of all, with the batting. As you said before, we left a few out there and, and a few of the batters have put their hands up. So, But as far as the ball goes, um, we worked hard, but we couldn't be a little bit better, I think. Um, Paddy Cummins obviously a little bit unwell as, as well, so um, yeah, it didn't help at all. On that, what is wrong with Pat Cummins? Uh, he was just a, bit, a little bit sick this morning and, and, and through the night last night, so a little bit under the weather. But, um, yeah, I think he still showed some good signs today and he was a little bit down in pace, but um, still very good. A little bit of shape with the older ball? Yeah, there's a little bit of reverse swing there. Um, the ball's quite soft now, but um, there's a little bit there. Just trying to encourage the batsman to drive? Is that the, the yeah. secret that you're going to go with tomorrow? Yeah, I think there's the, still the knee roll, top of the stumps, um, get them driving. It's, it's obviously if you give any width, it's, it's pretty easy for the batter. So nice and straight and, and, and at the top of those stumps. Did you sneak one with James Vince? Have you seen the hot spot in the Snicko? Yeah, I was at, at mid-on, actually, and I thought... Um, are you talking about the leg, down leg side? Uh, no, the, the LBW. Oh, did he, uh, he hit it? He did. Oh, right. Well, no, a... We won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little riffle on Snicko and, and a dot on Hotspot. Oh, right. Well, he, he, he um, hit one off the bat, down leg side, so even oh, so. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, well, swings Why and roundabouts. Why did you refer that one? <laughs> it's a bit late, wasn't it? <laughs> so what, what has to happen tomorrow from an Australian perspective? Uh, I think be patient with the ball. Um, we'll try, obviously, work with that reverse swing and, um, as I said before, target the top of those stumps and, and get them driving, so. Um, patience tomorrow. Thanks, Josh. No worries. Cheers, boys. Josh Hazelwood with us on Grandstand at Stumps. One for 39 from his 12 overs. He's in a rush today, isn't he? <laughs> I thought we coordinated our questions well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be better next time. No, we'll just let Henry do the whole thing on his own with Stuart Broad. Shall we? That way we won't climb over each other. Uh, Stuart Broad was so instrumental in England's fight back with the ball after waiting so long between wickets in the series. Henry. Stuart, a fine day for England. Your reflections on it. Yeah, really good day. I mean, we, we came this morning um, knowing that we had a, an OK day yesterday, but we need to make early inroads to, to put the Australian batting unit uh, under pressure. And we got that with a bit of reverse swing. Um, look, we, had, we were very patient yesterday and we got a reward today. And then the way mainly, obviously, Cookie batted today was, was special and uh, he knows his job's not done. You know, he's, he's not looking for just 100. He wants a big one. Standout performances from yourself and Alistair Cook, senior members of the side that perhaps haven't had the, the sort of form that they'd want during the series. How important do you think that is to this England side that the more senior players can stand up? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, both of us um, in this trip so far haven't uh, done as well as we would have liked, but that's cricket, you know. The game does swing in roundabouts, and the older you get, the more you know that. So all you can do is keep working really hard and... and um, and keep your sort of self-belief and you know that things do turn for you eventually and so that was evident with the way Cookie played today you could tell he had a real 
positive um, sort of mental attitude which showed um, through the sort of stroke play um, and look you, you don't get sort of as far as play as long as we have I suppose without having a, a quite a deep inner self-belief that you have to fall back on from time to time. Some suggestions ahead of this test from, from senior figures in the media perhaps suggesting that you shouldn't be in the side others should be getting an opportunity what was your reaction to that? I didn't read it. Simple as that? Yeah. Fair enough. From your point of view, the way the pitch has played, a number of chop-ons today, suggesting that perhaps this surface is a little bit awkward to bat on. Uh, I'm not sure it's overly awkward to bat on. I think it just takes a bit of time to get used to the pace of the pitch. You know, it's extremely slow. Um, I don't think it necessarily breaks up a huge amount here, talking to a few of the locals who play here. So um, we know that first innings runs are going to be hugely important for us, and that's something that we'll, we'll want because uh, I think the biggest threats you have as a bowling unit here are scoreboard pressure and reverse swing. We can hear them in the background, they're still here making a lot of noise. The Barmy Army out in force. How important is it to, to make a statement for them as much as anything in this test? Uh, yeah, I mean, we get so well supported. We're so lucky as a team all, everywhere in the world. And, you know, the, the atmosphere here yesterday was something special, you know. I mean, uh, not just from the Barmy Army. You know, when, when Warner got called back and scored his 100, I've never heard noise like it. So um, we've, we've been... So we're very well supported, but the Barmy Army have sung their way through this trip and they've been so supportive of us, and you, we always appreciate that. We've seen certain phases during this Ashes series. England have been in good positions with the bat and then let it slip towards the back end of the innings. Tomorrow, presumably, it's just ensuring this good start is built into a big total. Very much so, yeah. I mean, we, um, we know that we want to try and get a lead, um, but we're in no particular rush to do that. You know, I think if you, if you keep your head down, keep your patience on a pitch like this, you can, you can bat very long on it. Um, and our, our best way of winning the game will be to, to try and bat as big as possible and put some scoreboard pressure on the Australian batsman. But um, look, I mean, that, that's not going to be easy. We just have to make sure we reset in the morning and, and stay in the present. And uh, I'm sure Rudy and Cookie will set us off in a good tone tomorrow. Many thanks, Joe. Thank you. That's Henry Moran with Stuart Broad. He spoke about the inner self-belief that Alistair Cook required. He needed it too. He went 415 balls between dismissals. He ended up with four wickets today, which was reward. We noted last night how hard he'd worked, uh, and he got the rewards of that today. Oh, that was toil. He's had to do a whole lot of toil to, to well, maintain both himself as a, a mentally and also physically as well. Uh, he's bowled a lot of overs, and when you do that without any luck, it becomes really difficult. No matter how experienced you are, you start questioning yourself. And to come out today, I thought he bowled exceptionally well today. Although yesterday, I didn't think he bowled that well. He, he was economical, but I think he was too defensive in the way he threw the ball out wide. And, and uh, today he got his rewards. Yeah, I, I listened to that bit where he said he, do, he didn't read... Um, oh, the criticism, it, it, well, whether he, he read it or not, you, you can't be immune to it. You know, you're going to hear it. And, and you only have to watch how the, the England, his England teammates rallied around him um, at the beginning of, of day one to see that everyone knew, everyone was aware. And, and when you have a legend like that in your side, when it's who's so well supported amongst his own group, when it looks like he's on his way out, you know, it, it, it can hurt. So... Um, and if he went out, you'd think it'd be really hard for him to come back in. So I, I don't believe for a minute he, he didn't know that criticism that was there and probably what, possibly one of the reasons why he, he really gave it everything yesterday and today.
So where, we're at, where are we? England 2 for 192, trailing by 135. Australia left runs out there. Josh saying that it was a 400-plus, and uh, they came up well short of that. Yeah, I, I think Josh was right. I think England are slightly on top, but the, the game's always evenly poised, um, kind of in this situation. It just takes a couple of a quick, quick early polls to, tomorrow morning, and all of a sudden it, it, could, it could bounce back. You know, you, you've heard that always put two more wickets on the on the, the total and, and that might be a, a, a fairer reflection. So, um, yeah, the, the game's still there for sure. I, I wanted to ask about what Darren Lehman would say because I I love the way he would he would just kind of look at them and just say, all right, boys, it's just a bad day. We'll be better tomorrow. And, and I've no doubt Australia will be better t- tomorrow. That was arguably the, their worst day in the series. But I'd, it's always going to happen. I'd absolutely agree with that. I, I, I think with the ball... They weren't as bad as you, as the scoreboard says. I, I think they toiled okay and, and targeting straight. At least they were setting good fields that allowed them to bowl straight. Maybe they didn't execute it all the time. Um, they did miss Stark. They do miss someone who can bowl that, that pace, and particularly when Pat Cummins is, is uh, off crook. Uh, they were a little bit weak in that regard. Jackson Bird had to pick up the slack a little bit. Not, um, but... Worst day of the series. I'd, I'd agree with you. I think it probably was. Yeah, and and England at some stage um, had to play well. And I think if if you looked at the the previous series um, in 2013-14, I think it was it was here when Australia had their worst day of the the series as well, but yet bounced back to win the Test. So um, I remember that moment clearly. It was just well, it happens. It happens. You can't be on top every single day and credit to England that they've they've fought hard and a few of their senior players have finally stood up and if there were any chance those players had to have stood up the whole series and, and it's only really now in the fourth test that they, they have. I think what would be heartbreaking from an England perspective is if they come out tomorrow they lose one or two wickets and the tail crumple again as they have in other games. I, I think this is the time that they have to be supported Cook and, and Root no matter what they get to they are supported by the tail ball, not just crumbling and going all out. Yeah, because there's only really two guys who are going to bowl, <laughs> you know, bounces. I mean, and it's going to be tough on, on Hazelwood and, and Cummins to expect them to do the, the whole um, job of, of bowling bounces because you don't think it's Bird's natural game. So if you're an England tail ender, you'd be going, well, here's my chance. I can actually show a bit of courage to, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Australian batting that folded, 7 for 67 and 5 for 13. So from the moment Smith went, and the three... The three chop-ons in the first session, that, that's sort of where it lives, and I take it that that's part of your analysis, Chris, is they're loose moments. None of those were good balls, but they were they were loose shots. Smith, Mitch Marsh, Tim Payne. Yeah, short, wide rubbish. <laughs> but sometimes the rubbish gets wickets because you just... You, you're not in that defensive mindset all of a sudden. You, you know, you play away from your, your body, away from your eyes, and, and next thing you know, you made one mistake. And England, England got... A fair bit of luck today, but you know maybe maybe it was their turn. Um, but yes, I I do think there was a, an element of complacency. You're three nil up. You you know you're four for however many they were yesterday, two forty, um, and all of a sudden they probably just thought, um, yeah, we can we can just go and, and drive it forward today, and didn't really get the pace of the pitch. I think that was so important as, as Stuart Broad said. Once you do it becomes so much easier on this kind of surface. I think on the flip side to that, though, Buck, is, is 
Yesterday, they bowled a heap of short, wide stuff and got punished for it. Today, they bowled straight, straight, straight. The occasional short, wide one where the Australian batsman's eyes lit up, that's where you got the chop on. I think that's the difference, is what surrounded the wicket balls, even though the wicket ball itself was junk, it was what surrounded the wicket ball that was actually much better quality than what we saw yesterday. It's like a, a spinner comes on and bowls a full toss and gets the left-handed opener out. With wor the worst cricket ever. It's the stuff that's around it that gets the, the player out. You might make a fantastic bowling coach, Dirk. What never <laughs> they? <laughs> uh, in all of that, the Smith wicket. Now, we were down here with Tom Curran this morning yeah. and the reflections on the events of yesterday, and he predicted his own fate. Curran is at him again. Warner chipped it straight up in the air. He's going to be out. Caught at mid-on. And Dave Warner got stuck. And then he got out for 99. And it is a rare moment of jubilation for England in this series. Oh, stand by. Tom Curran might have overstepped the line. He has. There is nothing behind the line. No ball. Warner survives. Just an overwhelming feeling first to get the wicket. Obviously, when I saw the replays on the big screen, I knew straight away. And then it was back to square one. <laughs> And the high yard started again, but um, yeah, look, it was still a day I enjoyed very much. I don't want to rub it in, but David Warner wouldn't have been a bad first test wicket for you. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have been a bad one, but um, I guess Smith won't be a bad one either. So just keep uh, chipping away. <laughs> Curran moving in now to bowl to Smith. That's all he's played on. He has got Steve Smith. It is his first test wicket. Smith looking to force into the offside, inside edge onto the stumps. And Tom Curran finally has got his man. It's not Warner, it's Smith. Wow. Tom Curran, what a wicket. On debut, Steve Smith, the best player in the world. He's got stories already from his first test match, Tom Curran. He does. What a, what a, what a few days for him. Uh, you're there, there, there. You'll never forget it, that's for sure. Sometimes you actually find it hard to remember your first test because there's so much going on but there's no way he's forgetting <laughs> the, these moments uh, and and brilliant to see I, I like the fact this morning he had a smile on his face you know it's just a game he's trying his hardest he, he made a mistake yesterday um, he didn't mean to and then he, he, he had a bit of a joke about it came out and he delivered how brilliant was that uh, it was it was exceptional I, I I thought he deserved a wicket yet yesterday and the way he toiled yes the, the Rewards weren't there for him, but I was glad to see him. Disappointed to see him dragged after that over. He bowled two overs in his opening spell, got a wicket and then got dragged. Um, but that was the nature of what England did today. They chopped and changed their bowlers and, and it worked for them. So Smith made 76. He, he dropped the catch and um, Cook was on 66. The sequence of events was Tim Payne had come up to stand on the stumps to Mitch Marsh and then immediately... The hard drive from Cook, the outside edge, flew to Smith and whether he was late to see it down to his right, he looked like he had it and then as he came sprawling out, the ball was out the other side. He bowls to Cook. Edges, oh, dropped. Dropped at first slip by Smith. He seemed to have it as he dived low to his right and he spun around and suddenly the ball shot out the other side of him. Just had it between hand and wrist. It was in and out and then he just couldn't quite haul it in. Yeah, Superman is mortal, isn't he? Is he's just been so incredible. You expect such high standards, even for him to to be dismissed in the seventies. You think, hey, hey, come on, mate. Yes. We're, we're all a little bit disappointed here. But uh, sometimes when you stand at first slip and the keeper goes up, the, the ones that 
um, you have to take to your, well, to your tight knee or tight side, if, if that makes sense, um, on the wicketkeeper side. They're the hardest ones to take because they, they kind of hit you a little bit quicker than, than you expect. Um, and it, it dipped on him a little bit as well. So, you know, he, he's, he's so good. You, you, like I said, you have such high expectations, as he does. When, when those things happen, you've just got to accept it. He, he's, he's not perfect. Um, but he's bloody close to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> he hadn't even had a sighter. Is that, I reckon that your point is well made. Is That was the first ball that the keeper had gone up for. Yeah, it, almost sometimes we, when you're at slip in these kind of surfaces, you, 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 you almost get a little bit bored. You fall asleep because you, you kind of think it's not coming to me and you just switch off a, a little bit, especially when the keeper goes up. That's almost the keeper's going up because you're trying to get the batsman to stay in his crease so you can hit him on the pad to get him LBW, not really looking to find the edge. Because if you find the edge, you want your keeper standing back, don't you, Dirk? So it was, you know, it was a culmination of, of a few things. And he'll be bitterly disappointed. But, you know, you just can't catch everything, particularly at slip. Happy with his captaincy, but unhappy with the way he executed his catch. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Lyon is catching everything. He's turning court and bold into an art. Well, just on that, when you had your keeper standing up, Dirk, it would have been good. <laughs> but yeah, and Nathan Lyon, what a catch that was. It just, it just, he makes it look so easy, but he doesn't really drop them off his own bowling, and that's what you say. You've got to catch them off your own bowling, don't you? That's brilliant. It was fantastic again from, from Lyon. So he told us there is a drill that he's been doing. That's um, garbage. Well, he gets a couple of tennis balls whacked at him every now and then. Oh, I, you, you can't, you can't, you can't fluke them all, Dirk. Yeah, but not, you, not the way that he's you can't catching them. You can't train that sort of stuff that comes there. The, the, the easy thing there, or the, the, the skill there, I think, is he has to thrust his hand up so quickly. It's almost like you expect him to parry it over the crossbar like a, like a goalkeeper. The, the ability to go up there and not have it bounce out of your hand is exceptional. Aren't it? Uh, maybe... Maybe you do train it, but it's pretty difficult to train that, I would have thought. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you can do certain drills. I, I, I'm assuming you get someone with a, with a, as he bowls the ball, you just get someone with a tennis ball or a tennis racket to hit it or, or even a, a you know, cricket bat and, and hit it back. It, it's pretty basic stuff, Jared. It, it's not reinventing the wheel, but um, it's not just that. He would practice so much with his fielding. As you see, when he, and he forced that run out of James Vince in Brisbane, changed the test match. He's just... Oh, I can remember he's... His catches at leg slip, um, you know, particularly off um, Mitchell Johnson that are flying at him. He's got exceptional reflexes and, and, and he's obviously a wonderful fielder, so he can catch him off his own bowling. A lot of spin bowlers are hopeless off their own bowling, but he's one of the best. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, so which side of the coin would you take right now? Would you, would you take England's position or Australia's position after two days of play? I'd probably take England just... And because I don't think that this pitch is going to deteriorate too much, I think it's going to get even... Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's going to get harder toil work for the, for the quick bowlers. Um, it might be a little bit of variable bounce, might keep low, um, but it's still going to be attritional. So oh, I tend to think England are slightly on top if they can get a 100-run lead, but... With their tail, who knows what's going to happen there? I think I'd probably prefer England's side on the scorebook. Yep. However, knowing the manpower that each of the teams have, I'd probably still be in Australia's favour. No, that's a fair point. I'd agree with that. So you're taking Australia's position? Yeah, based on their personnel. So instinct says England, but on what we've seen, 
and the scars. Yeah. Perfect. Well, so mine. <laughs> 67,882 in today to add to yesterday's 88,172. So the first two days of the Boxing Day test have drawn huge numbers to the MCG and they've seen some pretty decent feats. A century in the first half of Boxing Day from Dave Warner and now Alistair Cook uh, reprising some days of old with 104 from 166. He'll be with us in our pre-match tomorrow ahead of the first ball of day three before he goes out to resume his innings and Joe Root is on 49 uh, and he would love a big one as well. England two for 192. We're on air from five past ten local time in Melbourne tomorrow and we'll touch base with the ACA, the Players Association with Alistair Nicholson. This was today's events. Curran moving in now to bowl to Smith. That's all he's played on. He has got Steve Smith. It is his first test wicket. Smith looking to force into the offside. Inside edge onto the stumps. And Tom Curran finally has got his man. It's not Warner, it's Smith. Wokes bowls to Mitch Marsh, who chops it on. Both Australians have gone the same way so far on day two. A loose shot outside the off stump, inside edge. And the off stump is rattled. It's brought. Bowling to Sean Marsh, shock on the pad at LBW Shag. He wants it from umpire Ravi. Broad, absolutely convinced, and it has been reviewed. We're on to ball tracking now. Pitching in late and back in lane. It's out. It's out. LBW. Anderson bowls over the wickets, and Payne pulls it into his stumps as well. You couldn't believe it. Three Australians have perished by chopping on. Payne, the latest of them. He's out for 24. Australia 7 for 318. Third taps away. Big movement across his stumps. He's struck on the pads. Broad's got him. I don't know whether that's going to work in Test cricket for Jackson Bird. He hasn't lasted long. He's made four. Just Broad bowls and Cummins has edged and he's caught it slip. The ninth Aussie's out. Straight to Cook. Low down. Cummins is on his way for four. Anderson pitches up, hits him on the bat. That's out, LBW, isn't it? Yes. That's plumb. He's going to review it. It was full, it was straight. It's see you later, mate. All out for 327, losing their last seven wickets for 67. Lion, he's made a difference as well. And that was a brilliant court and ball. Stoneman coming down the pitch, getting it in the air, and Lion plucking it out of the air with one hand. Lion makes the breakthrough. And England are one for 35. Bird comes up, Cook into his stumps, plays it firmly past the bowler, runs here down the ground. That's beautifully timed. It's heading towards the rope. It's four. Bird bowls and Cook is oh. cutting ferociously past Galley for four. Cummins into Cook. Cook goes back and forces through the offside. Another very good shot, crisply hit, and it runs away to the cover boundary for four. And it's Hazelwood bowling. He's hit him on the pad in the field for LBW. He's out. It was full and it was straight. And uh, that's a big wicket for Australia. Vince LBW to Hazelwood for 17. Into bowl to Cook. It's full. And to get onto the pads. He's clipped it through mid-wicket. This is going for four. And that is a moment of minor triumph for Alistair Cook. He's made a half century in this series. Here's Marsh bowling. Driven by Cook down the ground. Back past the bowler for four. Mitch Marsh goes again and he bowls to Cook. He's on the back foot and he's guiding the ball past Gully for four. Good control of the hands. He bowls to Cook. Edges, oh, dropped. Dropped at first slip by Smith. He seemed to have it. 
as he dived low to his right, he spun around and suddenly the ball shot out the other side of him. Just had it between hand and wrist. It was in and out and then he just couldn't quite haul it in. And Joe Root on strike, he's on the back foot, running the ball through the cordon for four. Kawaja sprawling to his left, had no play. The northern end, he goes to Cook and Cook back and forcing away through the covers. Runs here, it's going fast and it goes for four out to the deep cover boundary. Cook to 72. Hazel comes in round the wicket, the ball to left-handed Cook, who oh. flashes that away for four through backward point. Hits the rope now. Root pulls the short one, he got it particularly fine, it races down to fine leg and goes for four. Sends the ball hard, straight down the ground. It's going down towards the boundary. It's well struck on a diving save, fails. Down there on that straight hit. Cook gets a full toss and bangs it away for four. He hit it wide at mid-on, through mid-wicket. And he moves along to 97. So now he's got a chance of doing it. Alistair Cook on 99. Just before stumps. Smith comes in, Cook gets a short ball, hits it for four. That is a hundred. What a hundred by Alistair Cook. He gets a hug from his young captain. And with some grace, he offers a salute to the crowd and then to him. Alistair Cook back in form. A huge relief for England and for Alistair Cook to have reached this important moment in his career in his 151st test match. December 31st, 2017. Live around the country, we're reflecting before looking forward. We have voted today... I, Donald John Trump, for equality... ...to solemnly swear... Australia is going to the World Cup! The ABC's annual broadcast from the Woodford Folk Festival. Then, the 2018 Countdown concert from the Opera House. Counting down to the countdown. New Year's Eve 2017 on ABC Radio.